so on the uh, third episode of Harvesting the Gospel, man, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's been awesome. It's the the Lord is for me, Jay, in the past week has shown me a lot and has just kind of set this thing. He's just he's he's doing something with it, and it's such a blessing. Um, just kind of a little bit of some, I guess, updates uh, behalf on. You know what's going on. Uh, we're now on Spotify, so anybody you can go to if you have Spotify, go on to uh, Spotify, look up Harvesting the Gospel podcast, and you'll you'll find us on there. Hopefully, we'll be able to get this episode three uh, uploaded soon. And uh, Jay, me and Jay have basically been contacted by a couple people who's wanting to help us uh, spread the gospel, help us in this process. Um, people that's not really from here either, yeah, but yeah. they uh, it, it's kind of crazy how God works and how amazing uh, he's able to spread his word. So uh, I think there's, you know, we're, we have a meeting with somebody in the next week or two uh, just wanting us to go onto their show and talk about what God's doing uh, through this podcast. And also to uh, St. Jude's, uh, Benefit Banquet, you said, maybe in August is something yeah. they're wanting us to go to that, and that's going to be an awesome thing to do. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's been it's been a blessing, and uh, I, I just appreciate Jay being able to kind of get out there and, you know, help, <laughs> help, help, spread, help spread it. I know God's helping him along the way, but Jay's been a big part of that, of just kind of getting some folks into it, and um, I appreciate that, Jay. We uh, – this episode – we are going to kind of leave off where left off where we left from last episode. You know, you you got your you got your property, and we're going to basically, like always, we're going to try to relate this with our walk with Christ. Absolutely. Um, you know, <clears throat> leaving off from last podcast, we ended up talking about you know scouting the property, new property that you may have if you're wanting to whitetail hunt, whether it be you know rifle hunting, bow hunting, whatever it is. Um. Looking for signs of deer, finding bedding areas, pinch points, all that good stuff, scrapes. Um, and then now we're going to kind of get into the, you know, you found your spot. You know, you, you see where the bedding areas are. You see where the scrapes are, where the bucks are walking through. You've done your trail cams, and you found this one perfect spot. I don't know, maybe 50 yards from a, from a buck bedding area, whatever <laughs> it may be. And we're going to kind of get into just what's the next steps. Um, I found it very tough for the past, you know, year, especially, you know, whether it be bow hunting or rifle hunting. There's some spots that I found, man, this is a great spot. I can't put a lock on up nowhere. There ain't no tree. There's, you know, small pines, maybe 10, you know, 12 foot, whatever it may be. I can't put a lock on. There's literally going to have to be, uh, I might have to either put a blind, you know, if I'm wanting to bow hunt or rifle hunt. Um, and then there's some situations where it's bit, literally just being clear-cutted. There's a bedding area over there in the corner of the clear-cut. Really, there's only, you know, you're only really able to, you know, rifle hunt, you know, because you can't really gain good access. So we're going to kind of get in all those points and obviously relate it to back to our to Matthew 4 and 5, which is what we read up this past week. And um, I'll just kind of get my perspective, give my perspective first, uh, Jay, on, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. I'm going to kind of give you more of the bow hunting per- perspective because that's really all I do. And I think Jay would be able to give more of the rifle um, or whatever it may be, crossbow. Um, so I will a lot of times, you know, see, obviously see the layout of what's going on, you know, if it's thick, if it's not. Um, the the most of the problem, like I'll have a lot of times where it's a 
thick area that I that I look like bucks are passing by. There's good trails, and there is no way to hunt it with a rifle. I mean, you have one shot, and it might be right below you. I've seen it before, and there's just nothing else you can do. Um, and then there's a lot of times where it's a good, it's perfect. You might have multiple setups, but you also have to look at your access points, um, seeing where you're not going to really bump a lot of deer. You know, you don't want to be walking through a bedding area and, you know, five o'clock in the morning <laughs> getting to your spot. <laughs> That's kind of tough. So, um, so yeah, so I, a lot of times, you know, if I found my spot um, and I had a tough, I'll tell you one thing about one of my spots this year. I killed that uh, that one buck here in Georgia, and I started out. So I, I came up to a spot. I said, okay. I said, there's a bedding area right here. Every time I walk in, I'm bumping deer, um, whatever it may be. And there's some two acorn trees right there to your left. Um, there's a bunch of trails, kind of like a junction uh, trailway in the middle. And I set, up, I set up on a tree that was right there right there off where the junction was, the acorn trees were right there to my left, so I could, you know, yeah. pull to my left if I needed to make a shot. But it ended up, <laughs> man, them deer were coming from behind me, in front of me, everywhere, and I was getting busted no matter what. And it ended up just being – I had to move multiple times, multiple trees in that spot till I could find the perfect spot to where I knew my tar- – I already had my target buck. I knew, I knew what he looked like, and I knew – he was coming in there at certain times of the day, and I kind of just set up on one side of kind of kind of on the other side of those acorn trees where the bedding area was on. You know, the acorn trees were b- between yep. me and the bedding area, <clears throat> and sometimes it just takes those types of of I guess you would call them adjustments. Um, to figure out how to fight that battle, to fight, you know, <laughs> to fight that battle with that buck. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, 95% of the time he's going to win. It's just, you know, it's just going to be like that sometimes. And uh, and basically – He wins every time but one. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So, um, but, yeah, Jay, go ahead and give your, your, your part to, you know, what you – you know, coming in, you found your spot, you know, what, what's your next step? And we'll kind of, after that, we'll relate it to, you know, Matthew 4 and 5. Yeah, I did want to kind of uh, highlight something you said earlier. Um, I've been working with a group out of Missouri, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. It's called the Poplar Bluff Heroes. I've been working with them for ooh, years, since mm-hmm. probably five, six years now, maybe more, longer than that. And... Uh, and so I reached out to them. One of them has Matt Blackburn. He has an organization that they take kids hunting. They get them into the outdoors, which is something we have a heart for. Um, he shared it, and he's always been supportive. He's a great brother in Christ. And then, of course, um, Ryan and Miranda Fickert, they run Popper Buff Heroes, and they're the ones that raise money for St. Jude every year. And I go up there and help and speak or whatever, but <clears throat> I offered that you and I, that mm-hmm. this podcast would like to be a bigger part of that. Yeah. And then, of course, you spoke about the uh, lady that's got the big social media presence that we're mm-hmm. going to go live with on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so just like in the Word, you know, it's kind of the same thing, right? We got our we got our 30,000-foot view. We kind of honed in on travel patterns, feeding mm-hmm. patterns, those type things you've established, your target buck, and what some people – if you don't hunt Georgia, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard for them to understand 
what we're talking about because Mm -hmm. in the Midwest, (laughs) you know, they have timber and you have agriculture. So if you could go into, when you go into a piece of timber in the Midwest, it might not be but a few acres. It might be 25, 30 acres. Mm -hmm. And it's just as thick as you can possibly imagine. Just maybe in the middle of the summertime, you go in there and it's just as thick as you can. It's hard to get through. It's hard to navigate. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what all of Georgia is and what we hunt year-round. Yeah. I mean, unless <laughs> we're in a pine thicket, which the deer don't typically uh, bed down in, um, they'll travel through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they usually don't hit the agricultural fields till dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mm-hmm. just some of the uh, strategies we talk about. They're, mm-hmm. they're around the way we grew up hunting, the way we understand hunting. But we've also hunted enough in the Midwest to understand how that works out there too. Again, it's the same thing, right? We have to, they got a stomach, Mm -hmm. they chasing girls, and they use their keen senses to avoid getting killed. Exactly. We, like we talked about last week, we're inferior with eyesight, smell, speed, all that stuff. So you and I talked about that. If you give a wolf, just say a wolf. If you give a wolf a 90-foot radius, talking about mm-hmm. bow hunting, if you give a wolf a 90-foot radius of, to be able to kill something, he'll be so fat he won't be able to run because exactly. it's just too easy mm-hmm. uh, for for a real predator. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I do the same thing like you were speaking about mm-hmm. here in Georgia. Actually, same thing. In the Midwest, you'll find – you need not take a climber to the Midwest. Exactly. Yeah. They don't have straight trees. If they wow. do, they in somebody's front yard is decoration. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if they are straight, they got limbs to mm-hmm. the ground. Yeah. And uh, and they basically are cutting all your cover yeah, at that point. a locust tree that'll poke you every which way, mm-hmm. but or a multi-flora tree there that'll get yeah. you. But uh, anyway, so, you know, types of stands mm-hmm. and what you talked about a while ago, wind direction is keen. And we didn't, we kind of left that off a little bit maybe mm-hmm. last week, but. If you're going to go in and say you found him, you know, even if, like you said, you got mm-hmm. a camera in there, he's regular, you got him patterned. Mm-hmm. If, like you did, like you said, you went in there and put that stand up and the deer came from all directions and you kept getting busted. Every property has a prevailing wind. When there's nothing going on, no cold front th- coming through, no northeaster, none of that stuff's happening, the wind's going to usually go the same way mm-hmm. you have to set a stand up for that if it's possible and it's always possible if according to what kind of stand you put up but then you have to put in and you'll hear people talk about oh we waiting on the perfect wind put a stand up for that too when a mm-hmm. northeaster comes in yeah. or when something's Double coming stand. in yeah. cold fronts coming in you're hunting in the winter time to mm-hmm. fall so um, hopefully you'll put a stand up for both. You know, that's what I try to do. And can I ask you something too? Cause I've wondered this, if it was just me, the Georgia is very hard to predict <laughs> wind. I feel like the weatherman is not even good enough to predict the wind in Georgia. Yep. Like, but in like, you know, whenever I hunt in Western Kentucky, like it was constant, like it was just yep. always, but in Georgia it's so much harder. I don't, I don't, I really don't understand. I guess, I guess it's just cause we have the coast. A little, you know, a little bit closer to us, and that wind is coming, you know, in and out, and just all different kind of directions. And again, um, there's so many trees, there's so much timber, there's so many mm, different yeah. things to divert wind that the wind can be blowing in a straight direction. But if it mm-hmm. gets in a bowl, 
it gets in somewhere. Um, we don't really have thermals. I mean, we have yeah. thermals a little bit, but our highest elevation chain is going to be 30 foot. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. um, so when you get into the mountainous regions, and I mean, some of them are in Arkansas, you mm -hmm. know, they got mountains in the Ozarks, but so we don't really understand. I don't know about thermals. If I go to mountains, I know hot air rises, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, Georgia's hard. Um, the place I have, I've had it for 15 years. It's a big rectangle. I know the wind usually blows diagonally right. from the northeast mm -hmm. through the northwest, I'm thinking. Um, but it's the same way. So, mm -hmm. you know, hunting for so long, I say, well, most of the time, this is the way the wind's going to be blowing. So mm -hmm. I can't be there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, again, we use things to make up for our inadequacies, ozonics, yeah. scent, scent locks. Yeah. Scent, uh, mm -hmm. You know, all the stuff, you know, and they work. I've oh. used them, they work, but, mm -hmm. you know, I look like a pack mule going in there with cameras <laughs> and ozonics and all the, you know, it's just crazy. But anyway, <laughs> aside from that, <clears throat> you have to, and you said it a while ago, and I thought about a buddy of mine that mm -hmm. I hunt with in Iowa. He said, you go in there and you find that deer, don't. Because we're there for a week, like we talked about. You can't yeah. pattern them. If you mm -hmm. if they put you in a spot and you know there's a good deer in there, mm -hmm. um, and this guy's talking 160 or better, mm -hmm. you know, you might have to swap sides of the trail. You might mm -hmm. have to do this. You might have to do that, you know. So um, you might have to move around a little bit. And mm -hmm. I got a buddy in, in, a, in a Vinton, Iowa. Mm -hmm. He sat in a stand and he watched a buck. His target buck, um, this thing scored 186. He was too far out of line. He kept walking by out there just out of range, just out of range. So mm -hmm. he went over there and stood next to a to tree stump that mm -hmm. had fallen over, a root ball. That's right. And killed him at 18 mm -hmm. yards. You know, you just have to be adaptable. And we get locked into, oh, I better not get down, especially mm -hmm. as Georgia hunters. Better not get down. Can't stalk. And, and really around here, you can't hardly stalk. It's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard. Um you have to have the wind, mm -hmm. and we sweat a lot. I mean, we yeah. don't get a lot of cool days to hunt. No, we don't, um, especially even, during deer season. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> in November, December, you're yeah. lucky to get to wear a long sleeve mm -hmm. jacket, and then you start walking, trying to sneak up on something, you're Mosquito, sweating. Mosquitoes are still trying to nap yeah, at you. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, thermosails yeah. again. So, um, But, yeah, I, I love hitting, hunting on the ground. Mm -hmm. I've always loved hunting on the ground, even when it was – I'm. I don't really. Most deer stands ain't rated for me. I hunted them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, most of them ain't rated for <laughs> 360, 370. You whatever said happened. you were in a lock on at one point. In time, I hunted the lock ons all the time. I yeah. just had a good safety harness. You, you probably had about <laughs> three straps on yeah. there too. Because I, I mean, do, you're, yeah. you're like. I mean, you're yeah. pure six. I mean, how tall, tall are you? Six. I'm six five. Six five. Pure Yesterday muscle. morning, I weighed three seventy. <laughs> so. I mean, me myself, I'm I'm like holding on to the tree if I get too tall. But yeah. there's a, and I don't know if you've heard of this. Have you heard of saddle hunting? Oh yeah, yeah. I killed my buck in that saddle. So you know, when I found out, it's easy to move it. I mean, I'm like oh, yeah. at one point in time, I was actually getting uh, tree gaffs and just going up a tree yep. and tree gaffs and I did using it my saddle. Yeah, I know I probably won't be able to do it for long, but um, man, that was a big asset because I was I moved like three different trees before I finally found the perfect tree to where his walking pattern was, yeah. and you know where the wind, the accessibility, and all that kind of good stuff. 
I mean, it, it was, I mean, you man, said it things. right there. My big ass set ch- ch- kind of <laughs> limits where I'm able to hunt. <laughs> Which, I mean, it does it. I, I couldn't, like, I mean, there are some trees where it's hard to get in that saddle because you're basically, you have the tree right in front of you. Yep. And you honestly can use that tree as cover, and I wouldn't recommend going on, you know, maybe a, you know, probably a six-inch, you know, diameter tree. But, yeah. um, man, there were some things I had to change because I was in a lock on that spot. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I got to get something different. And that saddle was a real, real game changer. And and that's kind of what, you know, we want getting into Matthew 4 and 5 is um, – that so, tree saddle is kind of like what you just said, mm-hmm. it, 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 and kind of the history of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the folks that make it now. I don't mm-hmm. even know the big name, whatever. Tree saddle, I guess, mm-hmm. is the name. But um, way back in the 80s, I had a buddy. He carried a cordless drill, a set of tree uh, screws. Uh-huh. And, and like I told you, we used to climb and sit on pillars. Mm-hmm. And he would literally just had him a little bag with a drill and some steps in it, and he would go up there and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy in Canada did kind of a quick connect for a set of lock-ons. Mm-hmm. And if you hunted with him as an outfitter, you had to learn to use that. And mm-hmm. he hunted thousands of acres. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, Because, you know, we didn't hunt with harnesses. We didn't use safety harnesses back mm-hmm. in the day. And that's I got a friend that's in a wheelchair right now because he didn't have a safety mm-hmm. harness. Um, it's just it's a, it's safety. But mm-hmm. what happened is these folks started using, instead of safety harnesses, they started using climbing harnesses, mm-hmm. which are in the front. Right. And then immediately they started saying, well, we don't even need to be sitting here. We can just sit in this saddle. Light bulb. As a lineman, (laughs) because, I mean, you work electricity. I worked worked as a lineman before. You had your safety belt. Your safety belt was comfortable enough to hang and sit in all day. Mm -hmm. That's where it came from. So I literally did that myself. I took Mm -hmm. a set of tree grafts on a set of hooks, climbed Mm -hmm. a tree, sat in my lineman's belt. But Mm -hmm. So, and there was a guy made a stand years ago that you literally sat on a seat and put your feet on pegs and mm-hmm. you just swiveled around the yep. seat. So, I mean, again, how that kind of relates to the gospel, is, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, is just the same way, right? You get saved. You are, you figured it out that you have a helper, that there is a God and the Holy Ghost is your helper and you've asked mm-hmm. him to come into your life and you're on fire. Um just like you did with that first spot. When you mm-hmm. go into a spot, if you charge in like we talked about, because mm-hmm. you know where it's at, you know what it's all about now, mm-hmm. you rush in, you still have to be aware of all the pitfalls. Mm-hmm. And again, our inadequacies as a predator mm-hmm. are kind of go along with our inadequacies yep. as a child of God. We're going to still make mistakes, and that's where – even a lot of folks that's been saved for years and years and years, mm-hmm. they discount the fact that you, you're allowed to make mistakes. You're right. going to make mistakes. It's not yep. even whether you're allowed or not. There's no, mm-hmm. you, you, there's no debate. You're going to make yep. mistakes. You're going to do dumb stuff. You're going to sin. And, and we're skipping ahead, but in Matthew 5, mm-hmm. God says, if you have ought with your brother without reason, Yep. You know, that's committing murder. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have murder in your mind, you have murder in your heart. That's mm-hmm. That goes above and beyond, the, but, and we'll get into that. But So, yeah, I mean, you just have to be really methodical and really purposeful, mm-hmm. both when you're trying to find the stand placement. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about, really. Yeah. Where to put it, 
where the wind's going to bust you where it ain't. Um, Accessibility. Do you need to be elevated? You know, do you need to brush a ground blind in? Do you need mm -hmm. to leave it out? If you're setting it out there amongst hay bales, mm -hmm. there ain't no point in brushing it in. No. It looks just like another hay bale. Yeah. Just put it out there. Yeah. Um, some people say put it at least six feet under the ground. If they can mm -hmm. see under it, then that doesn't bother them near mm -hmm. much. I used to, when I was young, I hunted 30 foot in there. I climbed as high as I could mm -hmm. in a pine tree. I was shooting bow or rifle. I, you know, straight downhill for the most part. But, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, again, looking for the pitfalls and and like you said, there's a lot of places around here you're you have to hunt in a ground blind. Yep. You know, I'm taking grandchildren hunting, mm -hmm. small kids hunting. And we have to get in. You know, wear an orange vest. You have to get behind some stuff. Yep. I, I used to carry string and a burlap and just go mm -hmm. in the woods and. Put a wall put a between me and I've the done that before too. I killed a nice buck, uh, mm -hmm. uh, at a, like eleven yards with a seven mag because I rattled him in behind mm -hmm. some burlap. He walked in, I just, nothing but brown in a four power scope. But, that was crazy. But anyway, Girl, yeah, man. just uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's again. You found him. You know where he's at. He's mm -hmm. patterned. You just have to be cautious and methodical and purposeful. And again, I don't want to put caution into our relationship with the Lord, but you do need to be purposeful. Mm -hmm. um, and prayer, of course, get into the Word and yep. pray a lot and uh, and just be obedient. <clears throat> we talked about it. Me and my wife talked about it this week. You and I have talked about it. It's just, it always rises up. Whenever I'm praying about this podcast and those things and we got that phone call, you mm -hmm. know, we just have to be obedient. That's right. That's right. And that's what kind of Jesus just goes into I mean, really, really, you know, chapter four, he's he's walk, he's fasting for 40 days and 40 mm. nights. You know, yeah. Satan is trying him. He's, he's trying to tempt him and, yep. you know, get him to Retail. fall and get him, basically keep him from being crucified, you know, to yeah. be able to, you know, save the whole world. Yeah. Um, and what Jesus comes back at him with is the word, his weapon. Every time. His basically just... Just did not do a thing. Nothing, nothing that he did was wrong. Everything was perfect. The way he came back at Satan, and that's the way he wants us to fight Satan is with his word and with these, basically with these with the word of God of just coming in and saying, "Hey, like I'm I'm living. I'm obeying God because He loves me." And then it goes into chapter five when it talks about you know the law. And, you know, Jesus goes through, and I think me and you talked about this before the podcast, he goes through at kind of end of chapter 5 and goes through these, you know, talking about Mo Moses and the law. Mm -hmm. He goes a step further of just saying, you know, if you look at, you know, if you look at a woman or whatever, you know, and your yeah. thoughts, that's, that's, still that's still committing adultery. And I think at the end of, I think in the one part. The Beatitudes is what that was. Yeah, I, th I think he says, right, oh yeah, on the murder the murder part of the, the scripture, he basically says, do it while you are still together on the way, and your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And Jesus is going through all these rules and regulations, basically to say is that you're human. You're never going to be perfect. Yep. You're always you're always going to fall short. And I think that's what my it tells me right here is he says Jesus taught it in such a way as to show how necessary is human dependence on the Spirit of God. 
Jesus expects his followers to give their fullest effort to obey his commandment. He knows they will fall short. He gives them his spirit to empower them whenever they ask. So and you, you said something right there, and, and I'm sure, and I have been there, so maybe that's why. When people hear, you will not get out of prison until you've paid the last penny. Mm-hmm. And this is Jesus saying this, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, it's kind of confu- not confusing, mm-hmm. but again, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm saying I could probably am gonna say it every week. It sounds like I don't do riddles. I I can't figure this out. Yeah. So explain this to me. So, but he didn't have to explain it to me. I just did mm-hmm. enough studying to understand yeah. that. So paying the last penny, how did how did that happen? We they didn't pay it. We don't mm-hmm. pay our last penny because yeah. we are sinners. Mm-hmm. He's talking about sinners. He's mm-hmm. not talking about somebody. Paul or John the Baptist right. or somebody being in prison, they're not going to get till they pay their past. So when Jesus was on the cross, we remember and we say he said it is finished. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not say it is finished. Jesus spoke Hebrew, and mm-hmm. he said tetelestai, and that's mm-hmm. probably a southern Georgia accent. <laughs> but tetelestai means it's fulfilled. To tell a style would be stamped on, when they made it when they took out a loan in the yep. days and when they paid it back, he it's they were stamped to tell a style mm-hmm. that that loan had been fulfilled. That's so right. when Jesus gave up the ghost mm-hmm. and said it is finished, what he actually said is to tell a style. Mm-hmm. It goes straight to that verse. Mm-hmm. The last penny, the last your last debt, your last sin debt, all that was it's paid. It's already been paid. Jesus yeah. fulfilled it. Exactly. He didn't pay it. Mm-hmm. He fulfilled it. Mm-hmm. And that's foe with an O. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not fulfilled, but fulfilled it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, um, and there's a good preacher in Jacksonville, Joby Martin. He's got oh, to yeah. tell a style on his it. forearm, I think, mm-hmm. is where it's at. And I thought, but. Uh, and that's where, I mean, just a lot of those, a lot, and I think that's where a lot of people get confused, especially who's just starting out in the wall, yep. you know, your walk with Jesus, and they're looking at these verses, and I ain't going to lie, I was reading them this morning again, and I was like, I was like, oh, Lord, if I do that, I'm going to hell, but that's that's. Hey, the I had point. to look up the word rocker, <laughs> uh, R-A-C-A, yeah, yeah, and I it said too. right there, you'll be in danger to judge, and mm-hmm. for anybody wondering, it means worthless. So if you that's call right. your fellow man worthless, you're in danger of judgment. Mm-hmm. Then it says right directly under that, if you call him a fool, mm-hmm. um, and we do get legalistic on that around mm-hmm. here, you know, because... You hear on people all the time saying, fool, 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 and you're like, oh, Lord, they're in danger of hellfire. Mm-hmm. But I think it's actually just like the intent. Like if you would, if you think, mm-hmm. if you hate somebody, you just murdered them in your brain. That's you know? right. If you lust after another woman, you created, mm-hmm. you uh, had adultery, com- committed adultery, Lord. Right. And talking but, about like the salvation of it, like of why, why Jesus is basically saying, look, you can, you know, obviously try not to do these yeah, things. You can't do it. But you're never going to be perfect. You're never not going to do at least one of these things, you know, because, I mean, all honestly, no matter, I, I, I don't care. Who, I don't care if you're Billy Graham. I'm yeah, sure yeah. in his mind, there's sin, I mean, there's sinful thought, thoughts. Yeah, just Billy because Graham would tell you he, yeah. was, he was a humble man. Exactly. And there's always going to be the Satan is, all, Satan is always at work, but our God is – he has something bigger. He mm. he is going to one day. He's going to accomplish. He's basically he's already accomplished everything. It's just a matter of time of us waiting to see. Yeah, he knows the when end. he comes back. And I, it's kind of funny. So 
I think the chosen. So I'm I'm in I'm in the middle of the second season right now, and I'm at the part where Mary Magdalene is. No, yeah, Mary Magdalene. She's you know she saw the demons. Um, the you know she was kind of having back backflash of everything going on, and she kind of wandered off from yeah, Jesus. She backslid for a couple, is what a Georgia boy yeah, would call it. You know? Yeah, and she back so she basically backslid and you know went back to doing her old ways and. Uh, Jesus sent Matthew and uh, Peter together to go and get her back. And he and what happened in that show? The other disciples uh-huh. were ready to throw her to the woods. Oh, they yeah. were upset with her. Mm-hmm. They were they they you know they turned on her. And mm-hmm. these are people. These are close. These mm-hmm. are disciples, dude. Yeah. These, these are, are Hall of Famers in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were just like furious with her and like mm. why would jesus waste his time why should he we got stuff to do he's got a purpose mm-hmm. you know and jesus is like hey i'm leaving the 99 there ain't mm-hmm. 99 of y'all but i'm leaving them to go get, go the one. get that's that a one. perfect exactly illustration of that and and, mm-hmm. and i told you this this week uh we doing this for the lord that's right. that's, that's gonna always be First and foremost, whether it gets big, don't get big, people like it, don't like it, they cancel so us, kick us out, whatever. But the more successful, the bigger it is, the more you're going to see people take out their insecurities on you. That's right. And we're doing this for an audience of one. Now, we want 10,000 or one to get saved or exactly. at least come closer to the Lord because of it. But some people just think it's their job to, to keep you humble. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't think it's my job to keep nobody humble. If no. they need humbling, <laughs> this world and our God will do that right. if they need it. I don't. Mm-hmm. That ain't our place. But, um, but yeah, I mean that was a perfect illustration of leaving the ninety nine to go get the one. Well, I was gonna say too when she came back and uh, in this scene, I think it's where you know Jesus found out John was in uh, his cousin John was in prison. Yep, and uh, she came back and it. I mean, man, it made me tear up because, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you know, Mary was just so she was shameful. Like she just she was, she felt like she couldn't even she couldn't even look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus just says to her, like, "What kind of salvation is it? You know, if it's lost in a day, you lose it that easy." He, yeah, and she, I mean, he's basically saying, like, "I'm with you, Prodigal no matter son, how many times, right. yeah, no matter how many times you you stray away from me, I'm always mm-hmm. gonna go back to get you, and I'm always gonna be here for you to return." 100%. And so that's just basically that. That made me. That made me tear. Made me about. Made me tear up just talking about it. I tear up every time I watch that show. And if uh, man, it's good. I'm tell you. Uh, I've always told new believers to read Matthew, Mark, mm-hmm. Luke, and John. Read it, and let's study up on. It, let's discuss it. That's but right. I, I'm telling you, new believers, old believers, anybody on this earth that I could that. Listen, thinks want to hear one thing I got to say. Mm-hmm. You need to watch the chosen. It's really good. It is phenomenal, and it's vetted out through theological scholars, Orthodox Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it now. I myself, the first, ep- the very first episode was a little slower. Oh um, yeah, it takes a little bit. But which, that's every show. After really. that, mm-hmm. Nicodemus, and I just I mm-hmm. cry like a baby. I'm yeah. so in love with that show, and when they get to the Crucifixion, y'all. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to come pick. I'm gonna be a rubber <laughs> man. Yeah, it's it's that's a very like the chosen. Yeah, because so. I know when that moment comes, like you're you're looking at what your life is mainly about is Jesus dying on the cross for your sins yeah. and saving you so that you can have an eternity 
you know, not just to live eternity, but live live eternity with Him. Yeah. And that's the most that should be the most heartfelt, you know, topic there. That should mm-hmm. be the re- your reason yep. why. And so, no, but there, Matthew Matthew four and five was really good. Um, I think you uh, when he start, you know, he's basically just talking to the disciples and you know saying that you know we're we're the salt of the earth. We are what gives. We are what gives me, you know, not we are, but Jesus is what gives meaning to life, and we're mm. we're here to provide that. We're here to provide that salt, that flavor, the the real meaning of what the real solution that can solve anybody and everyone's problems. And I think I think that's a, a really major problem in today's time is just a lot of people are just looking at they're trying to find facts, they're trying to find they're trying to find you know, evidence. There's never, if you want to find evidence, I promise you, There's just evidence. come, come yeah. one, just, just pray to Jesus, pray to God and you'll see the heart that he has for you. Well, and, and the second part of that mm-hmm. same verse talks about when the salt loses its taste, exactly. loses its saltiness. So mm-hmm. that's, that, I think that's part of the problem is mm-hmm. we, the saltiness, this is me again, this is, this is how I look at it. Mm-hmm. The saltiness is love. Exactly. You know, it'll always go back to God is love. And when we lose the saltiness, when we lose the love for sinners now, this is when we get saved, the more mature we get in Christ, the more we love him, the more we're not, we move away from the world mm-hmm. towards Christ, but we always have a have to have a heart for sinners. If That's you right. want to be a Christian, you have to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Jesus' heart was for sinners. Mm-hmm. We are sinners. Uh-huh. So we can't lose our love of sinners, the, mm-hmm. the, the bad ones. The, you know, that's what I say. That's I tell right. people I love kids, even the bad ones. You know, um, <laughs> I was probably you got to love people, <laughs> even the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, I was the probably, good thing I was, about going to church with y'all is, and uh, Blake, <laughs> our, one of our youth pastors, he was like, oh, man, you hit that kid hard. And I was like, he said something he wasn't supposed to. I was like, bam. You know, and the parents all loved me and trusted me with him. I was like, boy, don't. Well, <laughs> I know I was I was at, especially when I was like in middle school. I know I was aggravating a little bit because I always, you know, you're at that you you're at that age. You, I know, <laughs> I know, but I was still taught because I mean that's when you're in middle school. All you want to do is this, just talk. Yeah. Um, but but no, that uh, yeah, that's that's perfect, your mama's man. nickname was Sarge. You weren't allowed <laughs> to be the bad one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. But, but this is uh, yeah, that was that was really good because I don't. <sighs> The main the main purpose of basically four or five is just introducing Jesus as, you know, he's here for this reason. Mm-hmm. He's he is he is our savior, he is our he's the king of kings. And really it's about pushing away not not pushing away the old law, mm-hmm. you know, not not saying no. He uh, came that, to fulfill. Right. It's not about saying, Oh, like, oh, since Jesus is here, I don't have to you know, I don't have to worry about you know not cussing or not you know, committing adultery, whatever he, it is. And he says that, right? Yeah, so he says that. He, he didn't come he, to do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. Right. He is the reason of how you are able to be saved from that. Because yeah. it's like we said before, you're never going to be perfect. Our human flesh, it's just, I mean, that's the purpose of why Jesus is here. So, yeah, One, um, I mean, we all go back to two people. Mm-hmm. And them, them two people, mm-hmm. 
guaranteed that we would live in a That's world right. full of sin. I mean, you know. That's right. That's right. And yeah, and basically, so we're going to kind of end up closing out. Um, this this was a really good topic. We'll we'll reach on uh, chapter six and I think seven next week, and we'll get into uh, a couple more deer topics. You know, whether it be rifle or bow hunting. You know, we kind of try to. We try to give as much advice as we can for you know yeah. whatever kind of hunting you you know you, know, you like to do because my dad he he likes to do I'm trying to get him into bow hunting but he likes to do you know rifle hunting mm-hmm. and my uncle and I like to do bow hunting so there's like different different things that we we kind of do when it comes to setting up spots but um, but no I, I just kind of want to leave y'all with this and I and Jay I'll let you give your two cents in too is just um, I always know that there's a Jesus that loves you. Uh, he he's always there for us, no matter how far astray you go. He's always gonna be there. It's like I said before, when I was in my hard times, I was looking back at me. I only saw one mm-hmm. set of footsteps, and my, that whole time I thought God abandoned me. Yeah. But it was Him carrying me through the whole way, and I just kind of want to remind y'all that, and no matter how hard it gets, because uh, especially work work's been kind of tough uh, the past week, and for me, and I just kind of. <laughs> I, it's funny. I just reminded myself. I said, "Work is not the reason I'm on this earth. Yeah. Work is something that helps me, you know, be able to provide for my family and obviously to give back to God because He blessed me with that job. And that is what I had to remind myself is like, Jesus is the reason you're here. Be joyful. Be happy that you have a God that loves you. And that helped me through my week. And I just want to let that you know sink in with y'all so it can help you through the week. But um, Jay, you got anything to close out with? Yeah, and where Matthew 4 is concerned, um, like you said, he was tempted. He mm-hmm. fasted 40 days and 40 nights. First thing the devil did was tell him to turn these rocks into bread. Yeah, The devil was trying to trick Jesus, which he obviously can't, but mm-hmm. he was like, you hungry? Why don't you just you you're God's son? You're mm-hmm. God. Turn them rocks in there That's just right. to prove to me, which Jesus is like. And I do have this, and I, mm-hmm. some people probably see it as arrogance, but I don't have to prove nothing to you. Right? Lord knows my heart. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I tell people every day. I mean, again, I do Medicare with seniors, and I deal with every type of person, and I tell them if you don't know that I love Jesus in the first five minutes, you let meet me. Mm-hmm then I'm having a bad day. I need to go get in my prayer closet, which mm-hmm. is usually my truck, and I need to recalibrate because right. I do love him. And apparently I'm not mm-hmm. behaving in the way that I expect myself to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, we all get there. I, mm-hmm. You know, we all go through stuff. You know, it's like That's you said, right. I, we tough weeks. I'm, you know, we just have to you just have to put your head down. That's right. Know that you, God's got you. Sometimes a lady said this in a small group, which was an awesome analogy. Sometimes you feel like you're just mm-hmm. holding on to the fingertip. That's you right. Know? Um, but either way, you know he's there and he ain't going to let you go. That's and right. there's a lot of music out there and all that encourages me. But um, and then, so, but Jesus went through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to say everybody knows that Jesus can't be tempted. Mm-hmm. But. You know, everybody don't know that, or maybe mm-hmm. everybody don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But he, the devil was never going to win, but he tried to tempt Jesus with stuff that was already his anyway. Mm-hmm. But so, but that just shows you, just like the baptism, that Jesus went through everything we're going through. Right. 
That's the, that's the whole purpose he did exactly. what he that's, did, so he can feel these, our pain and suffering. All these firsthand accounts yeah. are to let us know Jesus went through it. Mm-hmm. If you want to be Christ-like, you can make it through too, but you're right. not going to succeed in every facet, mm-hmm. and grace is sufficient, that's right. and his love is enough, and loving him is enough mm-hmm. um, to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, five gives you... You know, the law is fulfilled. I fulfilled the law. I'm not here to do away with the law, but this is actually how much further. This is your heart. Mm-hmm. These sins are committed in your heart. That's right. And your heart and your soul is what the centerpiece. Your brain is flesh. It's going to try to lead you away a lot of times. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, and then we didn't talk. Maybe we didn't talk a ton about how to set up and all that, but. I mean, it's really just being purposeful, getting your wind scent, uh, your scent control. Mm-hmm. Scent control is always paramount. Um, yeah. And be willing, access. willing to adjust. Being mm-hmm. willing to adjust to yeah. what your setup is. Sometimes it's not always going to work on the you first got, time. That first tree adjust. you set up on, it's never going to work up on the first time. Yeah, the first set's always for me the most exciting, and it's because mm-hmm. everything's fresh. Yep. But. There's a lot of there's a lot of pitfalls and a lot of traps that you'll that's fall right. into, and that ain't <laughs> nope. that's more about you mm-hmm. walk with the Lord than it is about setting up a deer stand. But oh yeah. Anyway, same thing, man. We praying over this podcast. Mm-hmm. I pray that we get more and more people praying with us yep. and for us, and uh, and we be praying for y'all again. Mm-hmm. Any feedbacks appreciated. Yep. We love y'all. We praying for y'all. Well, all right, guys. Well, we'll see you on the next episode. Hope y'all stay tuned in. So.